I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to talk a little bit about... Some of the quarterback drama going on in the NFL. Where are some of these guys going to land? So looking at some of these quarterbacks that we might see moved in the offseason. The the top two guys that might not be with their current teams come the start of this next season. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. I think those are the top two guys, right? We already know Derek Carr is a free agent. We'll see where he goes. But Lamar and Aaron Rodgers kind of drive this thing. So where do I think each of those guys end up? The thing with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is, I think a lot of people, why is he just not signed with the Ravens already? Why have the Ravens not signed him already? Look, I think Lamar Jackson is worthy of a very big deal. Is it the deal that he's asking for? I'm not sure. Because... You have to give up $200 plus million guaranteed to get Lamar Jackson if you're the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure that they're ready to do that, and I don't blame them. When it comes to Lamar Jackson, I don't really blame either side for where they're at. The way that Lamar Jackson plays his game of football is very, very risky, right? There's a lot of inherent injury risk in how he plays. He runs the ball. He's going to get hit. He's really not the biggest guy. And over the last two years, he hasn't been able to play all the games or finish the season. So I get why he would want a guaranteed deal. I need to know that if I get hurt playing the position the way I play the position, then I need to make sure that I'm secure going forward. And then on the other side, I think we all understand from what I just laid out why the Ravens would be hesitant Because I think overall, when you look at his injury risk, why would you pay him all that money with the possibility of him getting hurt and all these things happening? I think uh, there's a big reason why the Ravens wouldn't pay all that money to Lamar Jackson. There really is. And it's the injury risk going forward. But they're at their best with Lamar Jackson. It really is a tough spot to be in if you're the Ravens to make the decision because you either are going to be tied to this guy for a long time or you're going to be stuck paying. You're just going to be paying a lot of money. The reason I'm struggling a little bit here. We finally got him. We finally got him. Can you play some music for us, Caitlin, with that? You play the music for us. Well, real quick, we'll start with this. Has it gotten old yet here in Pro Football Hall of Famer, Leroy Butler? No. No. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think 16 so. Years, absolutely not. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start with Aaron Rodgers. What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? 
I have no idea, Toby. I really don't. And I, before we, I say that I miss you, my brother. Uh, miss you too, Leroy. Working with you. Here's the thing, though, Toby. And we 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 talk a lot about passion, and um, we talk a lot about teamwork and things of that nature. And I think the Packers, you know, it's a little bit different. You know, it's not like you have an owner like you know Snyder who's going through a lot. You know, who is, you know, people look at differently. You can make all these decisions. It really comes down to three people. And then you have the shareholders to talk to how you're going to do business. And last year, they gave Rogers that three-year, $150 million guaranteed deal. You're telling the fan base, okay, we're, gonna, we're committed to you. You got to be committed to us. And I think it was a little... Uh, I think it caught the Packers probably by surprise. Like, well, here we go again. And you would think the first phone call that Toby you would make once he come out of wherever he went would be to the Packers. Mm-hmm. But Gutica at the press conference at the combine, he hadn't talked to him. So it's just kind of confusing. But it just seemed like every time they asked Gutica, the GM of the Packers, how is Jordan Love doing? He says something good about Jordan Love. Then the next day, oh, Aaron's going to be on some podcast or whatever. So it's just kind of silly game when you got $50 million, over $50 million guaranteed coming. Well, let me tell you something, Leroy. I came from out there working with you guys, and now I, I traded all this Rogers drama in darkness retreats for owner drama and bank fraud. So I think I would prefer <laughs> yeah. to be on your side and <laughs> covering that stuff still. I won't get. I'll, I'll let you on your podcast, the Leap Thirty Six podcast. You want to check that out. You want to get his opinion on if they should bring Rodgers back. But I want to ask you as a player. I don't know if you really had to deal with this much, but does quarterback insecurity affect you? You, you play it on the defensive side. I'm sure it affects the offensive players a little bit more than what you would be on defense. But just as a player in the locker room, if you're not 100 percent sure who your quarterback is going in Week One, does that affect you? Well, uh, that's a good question because I think for the most part, most face of the franchises are quarterbacks. But every now and then, like in the 90s when we played, Brett Favre wasn't the face of the franchise. It was Reggie White. So I think the locker room, they accept you regardless because you're teammates. And some teammates go through stuff. Some teammates don't. Sometimes some teammates get in trouble with the law. Sometimes teammates do a lot of silly stuff. They get arrested, but you welcome them. But the one thing you don't um, question is this commitment to the team. And you see uh, Jay Alexander, Preston Smith, Aaron Jones, and these guys restructuring their deal. They're probably looking like, well, wait a minute. I'm restructuring my deal. He has $59 million guaranteed, and he goes to Pebble Beach, and having fun with what they want me to, the fans want me to go to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I want to do this. It can really mess up a locker room. But the good thing about it is the guys seem to be focused. And I don't think it'll really hit the fan until one of the leaders come out and say, listen, this is silly. We need to know because free agency starts next week, really. And then the uh, franchise tag, that's, that's, on the clock as well. So if some of these teams are thinking about trading for him, you know, you got that $9 million difference, whether or not they want to do it or not. 
I just think I was proud of Guru because he said, listen, everything is on the table. Yeah. No, I mean, he's really opened up the opportunities for really anything to happen this offseason. It's going to be something interesting to watch. Talking with Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I want to get into some of your experiences as a player. You know, you got the NFL Combine going on this week. How was it for you going through the Combine? <laughs> I'll tell you this before, but I'm going to tell you, to your listeners, this is a funny story real quick. So I get to Florida State, and the media guy said, I'm 6'1", 190. That's good for a cornerback, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. So I get there. They want to weigh me in front of everybody. I get get up on the scale with all my clothes on. If you know, you got to strip down to your shorts and your T-shirts, so, which I did. So he weighed me, and then he measured me. He weighed my height and weight. He said, Leroy Butler, 5'11", 182. I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Florida <laughs> State media guy said, I'm 6'1", 190. He said, son, Mr. Pro, we want an accurate weight and height. I said, oh, I'm finished. Because that's too short and too small. That's what I'm telling you. Any kid out there, it's not about height and weight anymore. I tell more kids, even if you're not invited to the combine, don't get upset. You got your pro day. Okay, and then if you don't perform there, you can still be an unrestricted free agent and have a great career. Yeah, I will say this. If you don't know Leroy Butler, you don't know his story, check it out. It is phenomenal and against all odds, a pro football Hall of Famer. So what was it like going through that week of the combine? I think I looked up your numbers. What did you run, like a four, five, oh seven? God. You're probably too slow to play in today's NFL, right, Leroy? Yeah, thank you, Toby. You're right. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I had on turf shoes to run my 40. I ran a 4.62 the first time. And I'm a cornerback now. Yeah. I, was, I was a consensus All-American, but I wasn't real fast. I ran a, like you said, my fast time, like a 4.57. I was a 4.62, and I ran like a three times, I think. And I, that was like a 4.61. So I said to myself, and there the guy, I think, James Williams, he ran like a 4-2 or 4-3, some cornerback, I think it's from Fresno State or something, went to Buffalo, number five. And I'm like, oh, man. But one thing they put me on, they got me drafted. When they put me in that classroom, okay, and they started talking about coverages, I blew them away. They said, well, this kid's smart. He may not be fast, but he's smart. He know where to be and the other 10 guys where to be. And that separated me. That's why I, I, I disagreed with some coaches not going to the combine. You've got to have coaches at the combine to talk to these guys. You have to. Yeah, and that's what I want to go off of that, talking with Leroy Butler, Packers Hall of Fame safety. How important is the combine? Do you think that too much is put into the combine, or is it one of those things where, like you said, it's not necessarily seeing how the guys perform in shorts and T-shirts. It's more so getting to know the guys and talking with them through how they would fit in with your team. How important is this combine? You got to be able to talk to them. You got to interview these guys. They're like the kid from Georgia that had the speeding thing done. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things are very unfortunate. And sometimes you get a bad rap. Like my best friend, Warren Sapp, got a bad rap. It was rumored that he smoked something, and then you fall. But he's a Hall of Famer. So it's just a lot going to it, but it's mostly the interview process. Because I think everybody knows these guys are big, strong, and fast. How many guys you've seen, Toby, that runs a 4-3, you know, does 25 bench press, 11 long jump, and he's terrible? 
So you get a chance to sit down with these coaches and talk about, you know, the policy of the team, where you come from. They talk about everything. How were you in the fifth grade? All kind. Of, then they get into football. They get a feel for you. So you go back to the owner and say, listen, you know what? I like C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young, you know, just by the conversation. He doesn't have to throw. I know these guys can throw. But I, I was talking some uh, X and O's with him. I think I'd rather go in this direction. But when you get to the pro day, you're not able to do that. And you really can't do it over Zoom anymore. So I just think Andy Reid was there. I mean, he just won Super Bowl. Pete Carroll and these guys, they just need to talk to these guys. That's why Kansas City told me they have seven rookies playing the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Because these young guys, we're bringing you in to play because we don't have a lot of salary cap room. So we're drafting you to play. So I think you can only do that with the eye test better than the film. You were one that was very unique in how you played the safety position. You kind of revitalized or changed how it was played. You're the first defensive back in NFL history with 20 sacks, 20 interceptions. Here in D.C., we've got a couple of guys that are fairly versatile. Uh, Cameron Curl going into the last year of his deal. Hopefully we get him extended as a commanders, but he can play a little bit of linebacker. He, he can cover some guys in the in the slot play the typical safety. How important is it for the modern safety, maybe even more so than when you were coming out, to be very versatile? I tell you what, Ray Rhodes called me and he said, we're going to draft your, one of your best friends, Terrell Buckley, I think number five. So I want to put you at safety. I was like, well, I'm not real big. I, I don't know if I would fit. He said, oh, no, you're perfect. And then, so he moved me to safety and then for a couple of years, and it was fun. And then Fred Shermer came in and said, I gotta t- I'm gonna take it to the next level. If you can cover the third wide receiver and tight ends, we don't have to go nickel and dime. I can keep my base out there to stop the run and you can cover the slot receivers. And then he the next year he was like, You know what? I'm gonna put you in the box and you can go after the quarterback. I had like six picks, six and a half sacks, and I was on my way. And next thing you know, Detroit Palomalo, the Brian Dawkins, you know, all of these, the Steve Atwaters and all these guys, they man, safety is a position that you need and is very important. The reason why it's important, Toby, is the only position, if you look behind you, you see a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has help. But the safety, he's the last line of defense. That's why they named it the safety. And then looking at something more commanders uh, specific here, talking with Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler here. You came in as a corner, you mentioned. And one thing that D.C. has seen, a couple years ago they signed William Jackson as a man corner coming out of Cincinnati, comes into Jack Del Rio's scheme that's primarily zone, and he struggled. He just didn't fit the scheme. I think he's a solid player. He just didn't fit the scheme. So when you're looking at a corner in this year's draft, I don't know if you know anyone specifically, but what kind of traits are you looking for in a guy that's going to play more in a zone scheme? If he can go over to 99 and say, are you healthy? <laughs> <laughs> if, you can, if you can get to top, if he's healthy, I mean, your pass rush is going to be amazing. Because if cornerbacks, everybody's not Deion Sanders and not Darrell Reeves who just went to Pro Football Hall of Fame. You got to assume in these conversations, I used to have a Reggie White, Sean Jones, Gilbert Brown, Santana Dotson. And they used to say, can you cover for three seconds? If you can do that, you're going to be a very good corner. And now if the scheme 
says you got to roll up the jammer guy. I'm thinking about helping my safety. I want smart guys. I don't need guys running four two and four three, and they're they're just the technique is not great. I have a guy four four five even a four six. He's fundamentally sound, and I really think this is Riverboat Ron. This is last year. Because he's really supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, I know quarterback is the issue, but they let go of Carson Wentz. But you got to get these corners to be aggressive. You got to know that when you get that call, like the casino or the blitz, I'm not scared. And you challenge the guy. The other receivers get paid too. But you got to be able to challenge to make your safeties better. If you got your core secondary working well with that pass rush. We've seen a few years ago when they won the division, although it was, I think, 7-8 and eight or whatever yeah, it was. It was like 7-8-1 and The defense played at a high level, and that's the reason why they won it. One last thing, talking with Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler, and I'm going to say that every time I talk to you, so you can just get used to it. Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Even though you are my friend, it is still Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Uh, <laughs> uh, looking at... It seems like it's been a year now, especially in D.C. It probably hasn't been the case for you guys, but Eric Bieniemy, the new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to tell you something a wise young lady said one time, and that was your mom. If everybody think like me, the world would be a better place. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but your mom telling you that. So Eric Bieniemy did the right thing, Toby. As long as you're in Kansas City, you got to think like Andy Reid. You really do. Come to the commanders. And forget about who the quarterback is going to be right now. Come in and make everybody think like you. And you'll score points. Scary Terry McLaurin is a premier receiver in this league. Dotson is too. They got a lot of talent. And the tight end position – if that young man can stay healthy. So they got weapons. And Gibson at running back, they got a two-headed mouth at running back. They got everything but a quarterback. But what they're missing is Eric B. Enemy coming in with this pedigree that he's earned all these years. I'm proud of him. And one more thing about that. I was very disappointed with Shady McCoy said. Because to me, Coaches don't get a lot of respect in this league because you, if you got great players. So he's about to find out how good he really is. But the thing about Eric Bidman that I like, his structure. So shout out to, well, I know the ownership is not that great, but shout out to the commanders for giving them an opportunity. And for that, if they get the right system, right quarterback, they're going to score points. Just get the ball to, you know, scary Terry. <laughs> he Absolutely. proved last year he can do it. So I'm just proud of the fact Airbnb got a job. It's his job now, so he's at peace. 100% appreciate your time, Leroy, and uh, tell Gary I said hi. I will. And again, tell your producer, Yelly, she's amazing because she worked with me, and I appreciate her getting me on. And anytime you need me, my brother, just call. Absolutely. We'll talk again soon. There you heard from Leroy Butler. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place the first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. 
Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Real quick, got to tell a story about Leroy Butler. We'll, we'll hit a break here. I know we got we, we need to hit a break, but I got to tell this story real quick. So when he went to the NFL Honors, so he was going to be named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I was out in L.A. when the Rams won their Super Bowl. I was out in L.A. I worked on a morning show out in Milwaukee. Two-hour time difference, obviously, Central to Pacific time zone. And I texted him, working with him at the radio station as he headed out to California and said, hey, man, if you make it in, feel free to call our show. We're on from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Feel free to call in if you get the opportunity. And uh, I'd understand if you don't, you're obviously busy and time difference. 6.03 in the morning, 4.03 Pacific, I get a phone call. It's Leroy Butler joining the show. That's the kind of guy Leroy Butler is. He's one of the nicest human beings I know. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. One of the most deserving guys. I'm super happy and glad he could join us there. We'll continue talking about some football. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll dive into that a little bit more next year on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back into Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. Talk a little more quarterback talk, and then want to get into some Wizards talk as we wrap up the show tonight, carrying up till 10 o'clock. Toby Altizer in with you guys, the leader of the Youngest in Charge movement. I'm taking that from you, Linnell. I'm taking it. So I told you about Lamar Jackson before we were joined by Leroy Butler, but I want to talk about Rodgers. And... You heard that there's so much uncertainty regarding this, but I think overall what we're going to see from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is he's just going to end up back in Green Bay. I know that's not the exciting thing. I know that plenty of people are going to speculate that he could end up with the Raiders or he could end up with the Jets. I just feel like it makes the most sense for him to end up in Green Bay. When I look at it, and Green Bay's gone through this cycle for the last couple off-seasons, but when I look at it, and you look at who Aaron Rodgers is and how he thinks, and you look at the Packers situation, maybe it doesn't make the most sense for the Packers organization to roll with Rodgers in terms of, on paper, Jordan Love might be the better option at this point. But when you look at the salary cap hits, you look at the money that he's due, you look at the dead cap if he's gone, I just don't see a way that he ends up somewhere else. And then you look at Aaron Rodgers, and he's a very sentimental guy. If you've listened to any of these podcasts or you just know anything about Aaron Rodgers overall, you understand that this guy is very emotional. He gets into his feelings, and that's part of what he did with this darkness retreat, which I'll circle back to that in a second. But when you look at all these things, he's an emotional guy. He doesn't want to play for another franchise, I don't think. I think he really thinks it's cool that he spent his entire career in one place. I think he relishes the fact that he's played his entire career with a historic franchise like the Green Bay Packers. And I think it means something that it's the Packers too. I don't know if it would be the case if it were somewhere else, but to him, to play for the Green Bay Packers, that historic franchise, to play home games at Lambeau Field, I think it just means something more to him. And I think for him, his two options really are play for the Packers or retire. Because I don't think him going to the Jets and running out of the tunnel and their in their uniform is going to mean much to him. I don't think that going to the Raiders to team back up with Devontae Adams 
is just going to mean as much to him. I just feel like overall for Aaron Rodgers, he wants to play, and it's going to be in Green Bay. If he wants to play, it's going to be in Green Bay. I guess we'll see what that comes with over the next couple of weeks. I'd be interested to see if he does return, what happens with Jordan Love. And I think overall, you look at this offseason, there's only 13, 14, 15 teams that you could go down a list of all 32 right now that you'd say, I 100% know who the starting quarterback is next year. Now, some teams already have their guy on their team. They have their guys on their team, maybe. You know, you look at San Francisco, who's going to start? Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, not sure. There's some uncertainty in a lot of places. So I think there's going to be a lot to watch. The two top guys to keep an eye on are Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. And uh, we'll take a break from football talk as we finish up the rest of this evening. The Wizards get a win tonight, 119-108 over the Toronto Raptors. And that's what I want to talk about, the Wiz. What's the best case scenario for them for the rest of this season? Is it to really get into the playoffs? Is it to miss the playoff? Like, What's the best case scenario for the Wizards? You can give us a call on the MGM National Harbor listener line, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. We'll dive into the Wizards next on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Oh, sitting where you're at, two games under 500, 30 and 32. What's your best case scenario? This is a tough spot to be because if you win and you stay where you're at and you stay in the play-in game, right now you're four games out of the sixth spot where you could guarantee your playoff spot and you're not in the play-in tournament. If you could get to there, then that'd be fine. But if you're going to stay in the play-in tournament, which is more than likely going to happen right now, it's seven seed is the Heat, eight seed the Hawks, nine seed the Raptors, ten seed the Wizards, who sit a game and a half above the Bulls for that 11 spot. So what is their best-case scenario? Because right now, if things played out, you would take on the Miami Heat in the playing. No, no, sorry. You would take on the Toronto Raptors, to be honest with you, I forget the play-in tournament. I forget exactly how it works. But either way, you're going to play one of the top two seeds, and it's either going to be the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics. That's just not going to go well for you. It's not. Like you, you're, you're going to get into the playoffs again, and you're going to be stuck picking later in the lottery again. or Not even in the lottery. You're going to be picking later again. That's not the spot to be. I had a friend text me, best case scenario for the Wizards would be Johnny Davis playing like a lottery pick. I think that's 100% right. Best case scenario for the Wizards is they get somebody good to help out with this basketball team. I just don't feel like the Wizards are in a spot where making the playoffs benefits them at all. And being in the play-in game doesn't really benefit them at all. Like, sitting where you're at, honestly... If I were to say, like, what would be my dream scenario if I'm the Wizards? It would be that you play fairly well and stay kind of where you're at. They sit 30 and 32 right now. Two games under 500. Continue to play kind of where you're at. And then have the Bulls play really well and pass you when you finish 11th in the Eastern Conference. That's probably the best case scenario. Just a refresh. I needed a refresher myself on how the play-in tournament works. As things stand right now, the 9 and 10 seeds would play each other, 
and the 7 and 8 teams would play each other. The winner of the 7-8 game becomes a 7 seed, and then the loser of the 7-8 game plays the winner of the 9-10 game, and the winner of that game becomes the 8 seed. So the Wizards essentially are sitting here right now, if things ended, with their only possibility of playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Milwaukee Bucks, but they've won 16 in a row. So you're not going to touch them. You're not going to be able to slow down Giannis. You're just going to get in and probably go home in four games. If that were the case and you made it out of the play-in tournament. And I just don't know how that benefits you. I don't know how the Wizards sit in a spot here and think that really going ahead and winning these games is going to benefit them. Now, I'm not saying that they should lose basketball games on purpose, but this is where you get stuck in that same spot the Wizards have been in for so long. Sneaking in the back door of the playoffs and hurting your draft position and then getting stuck with players that really aren't helping you out and improving your basketball team in the draft and then doing the same thing the next year, barely missing the playoffs or making it barely in. And it's a cycle that keeps going and going and going and going. I don't know, honestly, what the best case scenario is for the Wizards looking at this spot. It's fun that they're going to possibly get into the playoffs. You play in the play-in tournament. That's great. And in terms of being a fan, like it gives you an opportunity to watch your team more, and that's good. And it's good to see that they're winning basketball games. Tonight was a big game against the Raptors. Like I said, they're right there with Toronto, 9-10. Right now the Raptors sit at 31-33, and the Wizards at 30-32. and So they're right there with each other for 9-10 and in the Eastern Conference, both 15 games back of the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. That's a good win for the Wizards tonight. And I don't doubt that they could win some important games down the stretch. Beal's playing better. Kuzma, you get these guys all healthy. That's the important thing with the Wizards, obviously, is their health. But they can all play well together. Yeah, that'd be great. But how much does it benefit you unless you can get to that sixth seed? I think the two best scenarios for the Wizards would be would be them to play well and get healthy and get to the sixth seed and guarantee yourself a matchup with the number three team, which more than likely will be the 76ers. And I don't know if they could beat the 76ers, but they'd have a better shot to beat the Sixers than they would the Celtics or the Bucks. Essentially, if you get into a matchup with the Celtics or the Bucks, you're probably going home in four, at best, a gentleman sweep in five. Like, you're not giving them much trouble. I could see the Wizards, maybe just because of the struggles of James Harden in the playoffs, maybe giving the Sixers a little bit of a problem. Because I think overall, the Wizards have a team that could compete with some of these teams in the Eastern Conference, but when you get up to the top teams, they're not going to compete. And that's where you're at if you're not going to get to that sixth seed. So again, best case scenario, they get to that sixth seed by playing well. Beal continues to play really well. You get Kuzma, Porzingis both staying healthy. They're both playing really well together. You have the big three all playing as a unit together. And Tommy Shepard looks somewhat smart for having these guys and saying, look, this is we're good when these guys are on the floor together. Or you never want them to play poorly but they play good slash bad enough that they get the 11th spot. Because I don't know that they're going to fall behind some of the teams behind them. I think with the way that they're playing right now, they're not going to fall behind the Bulls. They're not going to fall behind the Pacers. They're four and a half up on the 13th spot 
and the Magic. They're not falling behind that more than likely with 20 games left. Maybe the Bulls get on a little bit of a winning streak and the Wizards play 500 ball and they get passed by the Bulls and you can be happy that the Wizards play decent down the stretch but miss the playoffs and hopefully you're getting a decent draft pick and you can get someone in here to really help out with Porzingis, Kuzma, and Beal. I think that's ideal. I'd probably choose that scenario over the sixth seed. But the Wizards really are in a weird spot. And it's this, it's a familiar one. It's one that the Wizards have been in for years after year after year. And I think it's going to be another loop. It's going to be another loop with the Wizards being in mediocrity and staying as such. But they do get a good win tonight against the Toronto Raptors, 119-108. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Been fun hanging out with you guys. I'm Toby Altizer. More of Overtime comes up next. Welcome back in. It's Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer. Taking you up till 10 o'clock. Talking about the Wizards. Want to look at the NBA overview now. Like I mentioned last segment, the Bucks won 16 in a row. Been absolutely phenomenal. Unstoppable. I mean, even when they've trailed in games, they just come all the way back. They're deep. Giannis is the MVP in my mind. I know a lot of people are going to say Jokic and... It's Giannis. I'm sorry. He's the best player in the game. Give it to Giannis. But the other team that I'm not sure people are talking enough about, the New York Knicks have won seven in a row, and they're looking good. And I think that they could be a real threat to a team or two in the playoffs. Right now, as it stands, they're the five seed, so they would play the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they could beat the Cavs. And then they'd have to probably go up against Milwaukee, and I think they'd probably and their run there, but if they keep playing the way they're doing right now, they're only a game and a half back of the Cavs. It's a bit of a tall ask to ask them to make up four and a half games this late in the year on the Sixers to get up to the three seed. But I mean, the New York Knicks are playing good basketball. It's interesting to see exactly what's going to happen with them. And then looking at the Western Conference, I think the really good story of the year, the fun one that has been interesting to watch, Sacramento still sits as the number three team in the Western Conference. And I think if you'd show someone that hasn't watched the NBA at all all year, that's probably the one that they'd look at first and go, what? Sacramento Kings, third in the West? But they're playing well. The Nuggets sit well atop the Western Conference with a five-game lead on the Grizzlies. Ever since the Dallas Mavericks have traded for Kyrie Irving, that hasn't really worked out too well. And I just don't understand why the Mavericks made that move because Kyrie is a good basketball player. There's no doubt. And there's a lot of other stuff that comes with Kyrie. And I don't think I need to dive into that. I think you understand that, but you gave up such valuable role players to bring in another offense, heavy scoring kind of guard. And you got rid of defense. You got rid of some rebounding. You got rid of, some real glue guys on a team. And while the pairing of Luka and Kyrie on paper is phenomenal, I don't think they are going to be able to play winning basketball. Right now they sit as a seven seed. They'd still have to go through the play-in tournament. And facing off right now, if they were to win their game as a seven seed and take on the Grizzlies, I'm taking the Grizzlies. I think Luka Doncic is a phenomenal player. He's one of my favorite players 
in the entire NBA. I wonder if he's ever going to get to a point. He's still young in his career. I get that. But I wonder if he's ever going to get to a point where he's a playoff winning basketball player and where he gets past the conference finals, he gets to an NBA finals and is able to win one. Like, I think he can carry teams. I just, it's the same thing. He's similar to Harden in a lot of ways and how he played. You know, with James Harden being someone that very ISO heavy. And if you put the right pieces around him, maybe you can carry that team. I think when you look back at that Rockets team when they played the Warriors, I forget what year it was, but that's probably one of my favorite, it probably is my favorite series of playoff basketball in quite some time because of how tight that was between the Warriors and the Rockets. And if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, then I think James Harden and the Rockets would have made it to the NBA Finals that year. So I think that Luka can get to that point. But it is really tough going through this Western Conference. And the team to watch out for, once again, defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors are just, you know, they've kind of had a so-so year, 32-30. and sitting at the five spot in the West. I mean, I'm interested to see how the rest of this season plays out. And I know a lot of people were talking about the Lakers because they just can't stop talking about LeBron or they can't help themselves talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. But with him missing time, and even if they were to get in, I don't think they're a threat to really anyone. I really don't. Maybe they could win a game or two. Maybe they could make it so it's not an easy series in a first round for one of these top teams in the Western Conference. But the Lakers aren't going to beat the Nuggets or the Grizzlies. or That's just not going to happen. I think overall, these top teams, they're going to continue to do their thing. I'm interested to see if the Nuggets can finally get over the hump this year in the postseason. So long it's been the case where they've been a really good regular season team. Jokic is a really good regular season player. They get to the playoffs and they just don't have the juice to get past the other teams in the Western Conference. And this might be their year to do it. This might be their time. Jokic is such a phenomenal basketball player. I think it's really cool, too. You've seen the international trend of basketball. Because when you look at the NBA now, I think you can make the argument that the three best players in the world right now are all international players. Nikola Jokic, one of the best passing players of all time, probably the best passing big man of all time. Giannis, the Greek freak. I could spend all night talking about how phenomenal Giannis Antetokounmpo is. Awesome guy, awesome off the court, and on the court, I don't know how you stop him. You build up the wall, but he just goes through the wall, he goes around the wall, he reaches over the wall. I don't know how you stop Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then I think Luka Doncic is right there in that conversation too. And I think all those guys bring a nice flavor to the NBA. And I think the NBA is in a decent spot right now with where these guys are at. And I'm excited to see where this goes as we wind down the NBA season. All right, as we wrap up for overtime tonight, appreciate Kyle Glazer from Baseball America. Enjoyed his conversation talking about the new rule changes, even though we disagree on things. I'm never going to be in favor of this pitch clock, or at least I'm not right now. But Kyle seems to be. So we'll see how that goes. But appreciate Kyle Glazer for joining us. Always a good time to talk with Leroy Butler, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Get his thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation. Get his thoughts on the different things going on at the Combine. 
And that's something that you can watch as you go throughout the rest of the weekend. You got the combine to watch, some things I want to see happen. I want to see how Anthony Richardson looks at the combine. I know that all we're going to hear about if he goes and puts on a crazy performance, which a lot of people are projecting him to do, we're going to hear, this guy's going to be a top 10 pick. That's How is he going to make it out of the top 10? He can't make it out of the top 10. I'm interested to see how he looks. I'm interested to see how C.J. Stroud throws the ball and all these quarterbacks look. Will Levis. I'm interested to see what this class looks like for the NFL draft coming up. I think that there's plenty of talent. And I think when Richardson goes out here in the combine and shows out, I think he's going to be uh, going to be knocking on the door of QB1. Not for me, but I think a lot of people are going to be talking about him as such, and that's going to be an interesting thing to talk about. Wizards, big win tonight over the Toronto Raptors. Again, they sit in the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference, tied with the Raptors. Excited to see how the rest of their season plays out. Appreciate you guys hanging out here on 106.7 The Fan. Appreciate Caitlin producing behind the scenes, pushing all the buttons, doing all the dirty work behind the scenes, answering the phone calls. Appreciate you guys for listening in. Pray that you'll have a good rest of your night. For now, we'll see you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.